people are returning from captivity in Babylon to build again the temple and establish themselves. He is the high priest with Zerubbabel, the leader. This is his job. Here is a representative of his people. It's not about Joshua the man. It's not about Joshua himself. What this is all about is his position as high priest. This is the uh, ministry that he has. And so that's what we've got to consider first. He's God's minister. That's the key to it all. Now the angel of the Lord here is the second person. When you read through it, you find that to be so. And what's required then is an inner change. Because before this, the prophecy was outward towards the nation of Israel. What God required of them to do, but now you see it's inward. It's turning towards his requirement for them, you know, in a personal way. And he says this, you see, now I'll pour out, pour out my spirit for his people. I will pour out, what a promise, blessing. And here is the picture of removing filthy garments and replacing them by clean, in the sense of Joshua. So here then is a gospel picture. It's Christ is the believer's advocate, the one who intercedes, 1 John 2 and verse 1, the interceder before his father. That's Joshua the high priest, that's the function of the high priest, he's an intercessor. He comes before God on behalf of the people and God ministers through him. So you see, it shows the sinner with the filthy rags exchanged for a pure linen of righteousness of God all through Christ. The old is gone, the sin is gone, the filthy rags are gone. And the righteousness of God were clothed in through Christ. That's the good news. That's the gospel that you read through when, when you, you look here. So I want to bring out quickly five thoughts. And the first one is this. The sinner's condition in verse 1, which we read, the sinner's condition. Clothed in filthy garments. Verse 3. Isaiah 64, 6 says this. Our best deeds are like filthy rags. See, it's a sinner. There's nothing we could do towards salvation. It was all of self and all of that which was of no value whatsoever. And so, you see, that's what it is. Nothing in ourselves. We couldn't do anything. Jesus did it all. For that leads to destruction. And then in Proverbs 30 and verse 12, it says this, we're clean in our own eyes. See, we think we're the best and can get on with what we can do as we do, but we don't, we can't. It's all of Christ. It's all of Jesus working in our life. And that's where uh, it, it's got to be. It's not what we are or do or even think. It's a radical change that's required in our life requiring redemption salvation that clothes us in righteousness ephesians 4 verse 24 tells us this 
Put on the new. Put on the new. Now, lovely picture. All them filthy rags of Joshua were taken off. And in his place was a linen, pure garment, standing before his God. And so it is with us, you see. Put off. And if you put off, what do you've got? What? You can only put on. He said, that's the, the key to it. The righteousness of God. Put on his recall. What he wants. Not what we think. Or what's best for us, it isn't. It's what he knows best. And live through the spirit in newness of life. Jude 23 is a direct translation of Zechariah 3, verses 2 to 4. Jude highlights this in the New Testament uh, for us. Because coming out of this then is this. We are a witness. Why <coughs> our dress is a testimony. See, if we are clothed in the garments of righteousness, people will see Christ in us. People will understand what it is. There is a life that's changed. There is a difference because they are the difference. Christ is the difference. He is and makes all the difference. It's how people see us. They've got to see Jesus in us. They've got to see Jesus and nothing else. And that's the garments of salvation. That's what it shows. And, and, and that's what we're thinking of here. Secondly then, we've looked at the sinner's condition. We've got to look at something else. It says this, Satan's opposition. Again in verse 1, here's a picture you see that it only takes the spiritual to understand. There's things happening in the spiritual realm you don't get a revelation of. Zachariah did. See, on the outside it looked great. There was Joshua standing, ministering as he should. Satan standing next to him. Accusing him, not only accusing him, accusing God. He said, look, he's like filthy rats. What right has he to minister? What right has... He says, listen, we have every right through Christ. Minister. Whatever the enemy says. Whatever he does, wherever he is, God is supreme over. The Lord supersedes every situation. The natural always is superseded by the spiritual. What opposition? You see, we know Satan was once a great archangel, a very powerful spiritual being. He fell through pride. We know that because of, <laughs> of what sin is, and yet remarkably, He's still permitted to enter into God's presence, to make accusations. You know this from Job. We don't need to understand it. God knows all about it. So what we've got to realise is this. He has certain sway, but he's limited. See, what encourages me personally, just in passing, is this. Whatever happens to us, whatever the enemy seems to do, Whatever situation we're in concerning what we need to do in Christ, remember this. Satan was a created being. That's it. Created. Like everything created, it's the Godhead that stands out above the rest. So he's limited. And you know what? The awesome, fearsome thing is this. If I was living my life in Christ the way I should, then the enemy could well be put where he belonged. 
See, that's the key. Joshua was ministering to God. And the accusation, what the rebuke came from the Lord himself. Listen, I'm doing it. Nothing to do with you. And that's the whole point of all this. Is Israel's high priest and Satan's resistance to God is seen again in our text. Jesus is our great high priest. Sin is now dealt with by Jesus himself. Jesus is our saviour, as I've said at the beginning, our advocate, the one before whom we stand. And James, that well-loved, well-known verse, James 4 verse, gives us it. Resist the devil, he says. Resist him, and he will flee. Before you can resist, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness mm. that's the only thing that will deal with it and plead the blood of Christ and he can it and he has no power or authority to deal with that because Christ has done it for us thing is we've got to grasp it we've got to take it we've got to use it we've got to apply it it'll not work otherwise it gives us every opportunity not only the sinner's condition, not only Satan's opposition, but the third thing that arises out of this is God's sovereign choice. Thank God in verse 2. I've chosen. Notice that. Notice what it said. The Lord has chosen. It doesn't matter about anything else. If God's done it, he's done it. Nothing can withstand that he chose us at the right time. We believe God accepted him and came into our lives in that marvellous way he chose us, you see. We heard the word. We accepted Jesus as our saviour. Thank God then he chose us and thank God we responded. Give praise to God. We responded to the gospel. And what a change that is. It is, it was, that was the act. It is. It's how we apply it. It's what we're doing now that matters. Then the fourth thing is this. Salvation itself. Look at that verse where he says this about Joshua. Listen, Satan, whatever you say, fair, it, it, I rebuke you in that sense. But is this not, and this is a thought that will encourage us, this is a thought to carry us through in our situations that we're in. You see, because we can identify ourselves with this. This is the good news of salvation. <coughs> this is the gospel. What does the angel say? The angel says this. Is this not a brand plucked, plucked from the burning? So are we. Plucked by the hand of God. From the fire, verse 2. How precious are we to our Lord, heading to hell, which we were saved when we believed through repentance, now leading to heaven. That's a brand plucked. That was us ready for the burner. That's the condition, the state of the sinner, until salvation enters in. 
And when you think of the word plucked, you put your hand in to grasp something and you want it out. You'll grasp it, you'll hold it, and you'll draw it. Now it's what we require. What do I see? What do we want from God? What is our expectation from Him? What is He saying to us at this time? What's God's word revealing to us what we need to know? And then the fifth thing as we've looked, the sinner's condition, Satan's opposition, God's sovereign choice, thank God, salvation itself that we see. The last is this, the glorious transformation of a sinner to a saint. That is what it's all about. A transformation. Marvellous. Only understood in spiritual terms. Only applied and encouraged in how we use it. For him. And then, that's verse 4 to 5. And then leading to, oh there's a sixth one. Subsequent service to God. Required from the redeemed. Verses 6 seven there's a requirement you see in all of this that God expects from us and if we look at this we see this this is what the angel says this is what he said to Joshua this is what God's word says to us first walking in the ways of the Lord if you walk in the ways of the Lord right then Keep and live in his word. See, it's all about the word of God. It's all about living, keeping the word of God and applying that in our experience. And then look, there's a promise here. And the promise comes through. If you, the requirement, what God wants, if you will do this, then thank God he says, I will give it. I'll give it. See, God wants to give. He's a given God. He's always a given God. Why do people withhold from God when he never withholds from us? He's a given God. He gave his son to die on the cross. What else could he give? What else can Christ do? What else will Christ do in our lives if we apply it through his word? There's a great requirement here. We've got to consider where God's word is. And just then, quickly, four things from the promise. First, a place in the assembly of God's people. Thank God we're in his presence. We're a family in God. Thank God for that. Second, access into the presence of God. An advocate with the Father, <coughs> Jesus our intercessor. Third, places to walk in. That opens up every opportunity of our service. And fourthly, to be a witness to all. That's why I said hold fast. Keep a hold of the word of God. Let, the God's, let, let God's word do something. Do something in your life. And you know, I'll close because uh, Chris broke a chorus that we love and sing so well. He got it right, you know, when he said, I rejoice 
greatly in the Lord. See and rejoice. For he has clothed me. Note this first. Clothed me. He clothed. Then he goes on to say, and arrayed me. In arrayed me. What does that mean? <coughs> on display. We are, I am, all of us, on display. Question arises. What's our life shown to others in that respect? Yeah. 